Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Let's take a look at the pandemics and epidemics that have occurred over the last century. When you look at this particular slide, you'll notice that the worst pandemic and epidemic that occurred in the history of at least recent times is in 1918 called the Spanish flu. During that time, you can see that millions of people, up to as many as 100 million people, died worldwide between 1918 and 1920. The reason why the gap between 50 million and 100 million is so broad is back in 1918 to 1920, we really didn't have good record keeping to identify how many people were actually infected and died because of this particular pandemic. As you look at these pandemics and epidemics moving forward from the 1918 Spanish flu, you'll notice that these original strains of the virus began to migrate into different patterns. 1957, 1968, we had a million deaths worldwide for the Asian flu and the Hong Kong flu. And then in 2002, SARS-CoV, which is exactly the same virus strain that created the COVID pandemic that we're currently living in, was introduced with 770,000 deaths worldwide. It's also started in China, just like COVID-19 did. As you move down the list, you can start to see things that you'll become familiar with or you've heard of before, like MERS, swine flu, Ebola, all of those various strains of these original viruses occurred and continue to be different strains throughout the United States and throughout the world. And then in 2019, we had SARS-CoV-2, which is a strain of the 2002 viral pneumonia pandemic that occurred in the world and in the United States. When you think about how this is going to pan out, about 6.2 million people are going to die worldwide. And that number is as of May 19th, 2022, and obviously still counting as we continue to have deaths worldwide from SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. It ultimately is going to become the second largest death rate pandemic declared in the world since 1918. So what do we know about these historical pandemics? One of the things that you can see by this chart is if you look at the dates, in more recent years, you'll notice that the frequency in which these types of viruses occur has accelerated because it, from 1918, the next flu in line was 1957. Then in more recent years, you can see that about every two to five years, we have another pandemic or epidemic that these viruses begin to spread in, in different ways and fashions. So looking at the CDC guidelines and the data that they have currently on their website, this was updated as of June 1st, 2022. You can see in the United States, we've just now passed over a million deaths from COVID-19. Hospitalizations are continuing to rise, although they have somewhat flattened out in more recent times. We have high vaccination rates above 82%, and the case trends seem to be going down, as you'll notice on the next slide. This is the course the pandemic has taken since its inception back in January of 2020, although it really didn't get started in the United States until early March of 2020. As you see these ups and downs or, or these historical spikes, the red line represents the number of cases and the orange line represents the number of deaths over that same period of time. 
And you could see in 2022, we're starting to get back to a flattening of the virus infections and the flattening of deaths, although it has seen a little bit of a spike recently across the United States. When we look at just the pandemic since January of 2022 this year, you can see that on the left-hand side toward January, which were winter months, we had a big spike as we had previously. But as February started to roll in, we saw a dramatic decrease in the number of infections and deaths, with just recently seeing a mild spike in the deaths and the infections, but not as dramatic as it has been historically. So when we think about how it actually compares to the flu, I'm often asked, well, how do we know when the pandemic is over or when will become an endemic? When you consider the flu and how the flu gets spread, it typically gets spread in the winter months. That's why we have vaccinations for the flu starting in the early fall and going on through the winter. The flu becomes highly predictable, as you can see on this graph. On the x-axis is the week of the month. So starting at the left, you'll see week 40, which is moving into the fall. The high spikes are starting at week 50 or toward the end of December. And then you see it tapering off in the first couple of months, or at least winding down of the winter season in the United States. So this pattern has been historically the case for a number of years. So how does this differ then from a pandemic? When you look at historical flu cycles over time, this graph goes back to 2012. You can see that every winter, we have a dramatic increase in the number of flu cases, and it's very predictable as it occurs in the flu season or the winter months in the United States. When the pandemic becomes as predictable as the flu, in other words, the graph that I showed you previously starts to now look more like what we see with the flu, we then become a candidate to move from a pandemic and even an epidemic into just management of health population throughout population health worldwide. So then it becomes much more predictable. We can develop vaccinations accordingly, just like they do with the flu vaccine. Every fall, they create a new version of the flu vaccination and people can elect to be vaccinated or not only because it's, it's much more predictable than what we're seeing currently with COVID. When we're asked, when will the pandemic ever end? The answer is a very easy one. It will actually never go away. As I demonstrated in the very first slide, looking at the Spanish flu of 1918, the only thing that happened since that time is that particular strain has mutated into other mutations like H1N1, H2N2, et cetera. So likewise, with the flu, as an example, the virus that's causing COVID will never fully be eradicated, but variations to the theme will continue from season to season and likely become at some point in time predictable, just like the flu. The difference is, as it mutates to another version, as you could see from year to year, those versions may have different impacts on citizens and residents and patients worldwide, depending on how dramatic those influences have been over time. So we're really looking for that to move to a seasonal pattern. Likely we'll be in a place where we'll be able to vaccinate on an annual basis, just like we do with the flu. 
likely mask wearing, as you've already seen in the United States particularly, will start to decline, but it is continuing to be helpful to wear a mask, particularly in those high infection months of winter season that we've seen historically. So when do we know the pandemic is actually going to be over? I like the quote from Mike Ryan, the head of the WHO Health Emergency Program, when he says, I think we can get to very high levels of disease control so much so that this ceases to be a pandemic in the sense that it ceases to be causing diseases and deaths and filling up our hospitals worldwide. In this sense, it ceases to be a public health crisis, or in other words, the pandemic will officially be over. When we arrive at that point, we actually can consider the pandemic over and likely the WHO and the CDC will consider it over as well. Thanks for joining and thanks for listening and thanks to all of you for your attention today. I appreciate you listening in. 